Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm, you say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. It is so warm. It, well, hi, everybody. It's Script Shop. Welcome, Welcome to summer. I'm Jack. I'm Allison. And it's so hot. It's I know it's hot everywhere, but it's really hot here in Cincinnati. It's, you know, 90-some-odd degrees. It, it's not going to stop. It's 90 degrees at night. It's 90 during the day. It's yep. just, it's, no always, it's always 90 degrees now. I, gosh, I think it's so funny that you love opening the show with the weather. Do I do that a lot? Yes, well, you do. You do weather and you do promos a lot. <laughs> or mm. you do opens and promos about the weather. And I just think, like, of all the things in the whole world that we could talk about. Yeah. Isn't that, like, the thing you don't have mild chit-chat about? Well, in terms of wanting to have a conversation that's worthwhile, yes, you're right. <laughs> but my <laughs> my thought of it is, here, you know, I want to give people, like, a sense of where I'm coming from oh. emotionally. Oh, sure. And the weather is yeah. going to play a big mm-hmm. part. If it's stinking cold out, mm-hmm. I'm going to be as miserable as I am when it's stinking hot mm-hmm. out. Okay. Here's a here's an interesting observation. <laughs> Go for it. I just realized that your headphones have an L on them, which I'm assuming may, means large. No, I think that's for the left ear because I bet there's an R what? on the right. What? Spin. Let me see. I guess. How do you? <laughs> <laughs> what did you? What did you think? It I meant? was hoping it was like there were different sizes for different size heads. Like there would be a medium <laughs> well, size are. head as well. This is these are adjustable. These are just what happened to be in the studio here that I'm wearing. So I I think it's funny that people have to be told which one is which. Yeah, well, because if it's not obvious, like if it's not shaped a certain way, if it's just circles like these are, yeah. like you don't yep. know what yes. if if it's if a sound is set up to come into your head a certain yeah. way, you want to make sure you have it set up just well, right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hi everybody. Welcome to uh, Headphone Talk and uh Weather Talk and Weather Chat. <laughs> Tune into your local news station if you have additional questions. Yes, don't ask me anymore. I can't. <laughs> I can't get into any more of the Welcome specifics of Cincinnati weather. Script shop, where we love talking to screenwriters about the things that they think are more important than weather, <laughs> and where we get to ask them why they wanted to make it and what their lives, where they were emotionally coming from when they wrote that script, regardless of the weather. Today on the show, we have Clay Snell with his screenplay, a short called Your Right is Here, is a 14-page series of pull-back-the-curtain, seemingly inconsequential driving vignettes. Yeah, so with the whole ride-sharing thing, this is a story about a driver one night that just picks up a bunch of various people in a seemingly unconnected way, and this script very, very much feels like it's coming from a place of maybe Clay has been a driver before. Yeah, I'm excited to ask. You can't have, I mean, mean, you working in a bar and the interactions that you have with people, just whether you're pouring just one drink or whether they want to start pouring their heart out to you. Right. Like, there there are these human connections that you can't avoid having. Right. And having a driver, that, that's got to be the similar it's, thing. Well, and they talk about that in the script, too. Just yeah. like, oh, you know, sorry for eavesdropping. It's just we're, like, actually in the same car. Right. You know, well, I'm a person. I'm here. Yeah. And then they kind of talk about that a little bit, too. 
Speaking of talking, uh, if you want to talk at us with your fingers on a keyboard, that's a fun way of describing uh, comments on the Internet or sending us messages. Uh, you can do that by being friends with us on Facebook. You can be friends with us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. Uh, look up Script Shop Show on all of those things. That's right. You can also submit your script mm-hmm. at scriptshopshow.com slash submit. That is where we start, um, well, then in the past film freeway and in the future again film freeway. But in for now, the future. in the future, something that I do know in the future. Uh, not the weather, though. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, you can submit your screenplay where we can read it, get in touch with you, get you on the show. We would love to do all of those things. So if you or someone you know has something that they want to talk about, send it our way. Yeah, we love getting new stuff. Uh, and also in terms of we something else we love, we would we love them Roonies. We love them Roonies. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Olive is really into quarters right now on coins. Oh, is she? Yeah, because I had a couple of them on my side table. And she'll crawl up into the bed. She'll sit on me. And she'll look over at my side table and just like... Go for the quarters and sit on me, being like, "I've got quarters." Yeah, I have them because there's a little bit of like heft to them. I think them so, and... and they've got like you know tiny little designs on mm-hmm. them and etching, so they feel interesting and they make noise and stuff. And does she does she do her? Uh? Uh, she does. Yes, it's uh, my favorite. We practice putting them in piggy banks and whatnot. That's sweet. Uh, yeah, I love it. So if you want to maybe put some of those coins in our piggy bank, that's we right. are. Uh, we're on Patreon, and if you look up a script shop show on Patreon, that's one other way that uh, you could support the show, other than maybe telling a friend or, you know, uh, retweeting us or sharing something on Facebook or getting on, you know, is it even still called iTunes anymore? I thought Apple's changing it. It's like called oh, Apple man. Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. They are changing it, but yeah. I'm not sure what it's called yet. I'm a Google guy, so yeah. this is why I'm feigning ignorance here. I'm not feigning ignorance. I just really am ignorant about I, it. Well, I haven't looked into it at all, even though I am an iTunes person. Yeah, well, so, but the point of it is that's one other way, but leaving us a review and uh, sharing the show uh, that you could maybe uh, support us and get the word out there. We'd really appreciate all of those things. Give us some money. (laughs) That too. (laughs) Uh, We should probably give some attention to uh, Clay Snell, who has been patiently waiting on Skype here. Hi, Clay. How are you on this Sunday? This is when we're recording us on Sunday. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Doing just fine. Uh, To follow up on your weather, it's about a million degrees here in Knoxville as well. Oh, Uh, see, it's something everybody can relate to. planted inside. Perfect. <laughs> it is. It's like you want to be outside, but you don't want to be outside for sure at all. Yeah, I took the dog on a walk. We came back in, showered, changed, and I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to leave for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Is, so, that, next is time, that when you take your clothes off and pour a beer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, Knoxville, Tennessee, huh? Yep, Knoxville, Tennessee, good old East Tennessee, in the foothills of the world famous Smoky Mountains. Is that where you grew up? It is. Uh, born and raised here. I just uh, went to a high school out in a community called Carnes. It's in northwest Knox County. It's pretty rural. It's Well, it feels really rural, but it's it's weird. It's in like a an area where it's somehow like a half hour to everything, but mm-hmm. geographically you're, you're close and it's just there's no good way in or out of the community. So it's it's funny. It feels really out there, but if you looked at it from a satellite, you'd be like, oh, that's pretty close. Like one of those things where you're looking at a map and you're like, oh, we can get there. Yeah, in an should be hour. no problem. And then you check the key and you're like, hmm, four days later. <laughs> That's right. Oh, this is a map yeah, of the exactly. world. <laughs> oh, cool. This is one of the circles of hell that Dante forgot to write about. We're never getting out. This is great. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. In the, in the summertime, especially. Yeah, right. What about school? Like, uh, did you go away for any kind of secondary degree or have you just kind of been chilling in beautiful Tennessee your whole life? Um, I've always been in Tennessee. So my freshman year of high school, I went to East Tennessee State University for a year. And I I went up there because I wanted to study like film or something in that area. 
and there, there wasn't really anything in Knoxville that I was super keen on outside of a um, community college, which was kind of like my um, backup plan, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the University of Tennessee is here, and that's obviously the big school. And so it was a combination of they didn't really offer anything towards film or video, and uh, my grades probably weren't good enough to get in. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I went to ETSU my freshman year, and it was kind of in like this fringe-type animation program, and I did that for about a week and realized uh, I'm not super into this. So I kind of just finished out all my prerequisite stuff there and then came back the following year and went to the aforementioned community college, Pellissippi State, which was just down the road from my house. And they have a, a really extensive like video production and technology program. And so, uh, you know, they're kind of the, the big thing they can kind of focus on or, or really offer is studio production television. Mm-hmm. And so I really kind of focused in on that. And then, you know, um, you do some stuff outside of it with some classmates and things like that. But really in the studio was, was really kind of what I learned the most there. And then parlayed that into an internship with a local TV station here, East Tennessee, PBS, kind of like the way national affiliates for like NBC work, except, you know, it's nonprofit. So it's not quite to the same scale. So let's go back. Let's go back a little bit. I've always just been there. Yeah. Let's go back a little bit because Mm -hmm. what you're doing now is like impressing me in a job interview. But what I want to know is like you you went through this whole, you you, you know, it sounds like you started in one place and you started making your way downtown, trying to figure out what you're going to do, where you're going to do it, where your journey is going to go. What's the very first film that you ever made? Yeah. Um, Well, to completion, this one Um, outside of, some little outside of some little school things here and there, you know, it's like they'd give us an assignment and they'd be like, do a, you know, like one thing that comes to mind is like a, there was like a minute and a half, you know, tracking shot or was one of our assignments one day. And it was kind of like when the walking dead was at like its peak, Mm -hmm. like everyone was super into it. Like in those, like, like in between the second and third season. Mm -hmm. And so the idea was that this guy's like walking through our school building and he's talking about how stupid he thinks zombie movies and like the whole idea of like a zombie apocalypse is. And behind him are like all these zombies coming out of like doors and like attacking other people. And he's completely oblivious Oblivious. to the fact that this this zombie apocalypse (laughs) is happening around him. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And who who did you normally make stuff with? 20, 30 friends. Yeah. Um, Well, it was so... I've kind of always had to like force my my film aspirations on my friends. Uh, one friend in particular, his name's Patrick. He's always ended up being like the guinea pig in all of them. He's been my my best bud for a long time. But you know, it's funny. All my friends in college were like like engineering students at UT. So you know, they weren't really ever. You know, I mean, they've all enjoy film just like everybody. But you know, they weren't ever like, yeah, man, we'll make a thing. So. It was kind of just with classmates here and there. Mm-hmm. And um, really, I, I've kind of recently gotten myself into a, a really good crew of a group of like local filmmaking guys that all kind of have started working together and things like that. But that's kind of skipping ahead a little bit. So if you, when you started out and you were doing this uh, original program that was a little more animation heavy and you felt like it wasn't right for you, what was it that sort of kept you wanting to keep doing something in film to start writing things? Or even if writing necessarily wasn't your initial uh, thing that you wanted to focus on, what is it about film and, and production like that that uh, made you want to stick with it through all those different programs? Well, I've always wanted to uh, – I mean basically ever since I saw Star Wars 
for the first time when I was really little, I was kind of like, oh, wow, that's super cool. Like, how do you do that? You know, and then it was kind of like fell into the rabbit hole, like learning about, you know, how they made the first one. And then weirdly enough, for as much flack as it gets, <laughs> um, when the Phantom Menace came out, they like paired it with this behind the scenes documentary, like a full length feature. And I, I forget the title of it, but basically, you know, it came out in 1999. So I was pretty young when the, the DVD finally hit. So when I got it, I just like I just watched that over and over again. because hmm. I was just like so fascinated by just the, the whole process of making a movie. So like for me, I'm very much a people person. So working with people is like a really big thing that I enjoy. And mm -hmm. it's just it's so collaborative that I was always drawn to it. And that's when I kind of realized it was like, well, and it sort of goes for editing, you know, it's just not really for me. And that was kind of the thing with the animation. It's just like, mm -hmm. ah, you're just kind of in here doing this thing. And it was like, I'd really rather be, you know, out there like in with, you know, you're kind of with everybody in their hands in the pot trying to bring this thing to life. So that that always has kept me going. And then writing's just always been a passion of mine that I've always really enjoyed. I've always liked to read, always liked to write, you know. Where do you think writing really started for you? Um, I don't I don't know that I could pinpoint it to any other thing than just being like when I was, you know, because I would write like scripts when I was in middle school. But they would, you know, just be these nonsensical things pretty much. But it kind of just was there. It was like, well. I want to make movies and how do you make a movie? Well, you have to have a script. And I was like, well, I guess I'll like write a script. And then it kind of was just, it was kind of just like a plus B equals C in my mind. Right. Cause it was like, well, you know, if, if like I write a script, that's really good. Then I can just make that. And I was like, you can't just like be like, well, I'm a director and someone's gonna be like, Oh, cool. Come direct my <laughs> Come thing. Come direct everything. So yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, but if, you know, if I write it, then I can direct it. Right. So that was kind of like my, very naive logic at the time and it just kind of is a depending on who you ask spiraled from there mm -hmm. so in terms of things that you've written over the course of uh, college and then getting out of school and all that you said that this is sort of the first work that you've uh written and you said you is it has this been produced yeah it's it's done i actually um i've written i've written stuff in the past and never made it and then it's like i would like half write a thing and then we'd try and make it and it'd be like this kind of you know, half-cocked, pseudo-improvised idea that never really finished. Um, but yeah, this is the first thing that is I've managed to take from uh, point A to point B. And my whole goal was, uh, I remember back in high school, I read that uh, Quentin Tarantino made Reservoir Dogs and he was like 29 mm -hmm. or something, which is, uh, you know, so I was like, okay, by the time I turned 29, I want to have made something. And I was like, it obviously isn't going to be Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> I was like, but... It's just like, I just want to be able to say, okay, I, I did a thing by, by 29 and that's it. And then I was like, if I hit 29, then I'll, I'll have a shot later on. I was like, that was kind of like what I would tell myself. And then on my birthday of this year, I turned 28 and that was the day I got back the final picture after it had been colored and everything and yeah. started sending it out to, like to uh, festivals. That's success. And, yeah. That's great. That's Yay. Love that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's was, very cool, man. Good for you. Yeah, it was I was very excited. It was very like a, just like my own like sitting in the living room. just like, cool, I did it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how does this fit into like maybe some of the other stuff that you wrote coming up through school in terms of a story like this with a bunch of different vignettes that are sort of not even necessarily a theme other than you're just sort of following this one main character through this night of being an Uber driver? Yeah. It, it, have you ever been an Uber that, driver? Yeah, that's yeah. That's the big question the big here. Question. I have not. Actually. What? Um, the funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And my friend who actually plays the driver uh, is an Uber driver sometimes. I think he drives Lyft as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it was pretty funny the way that worked out. I was just like, hey, man, I've got this thing. And he'd done some acting in college. (laughs) I'm kind of getting off track here. But um, yeah, so it it was funny. I myself am not an Uber driver, but he is. And he's kind of like, he's like, oh, this this actually isn't too far off. Yeah, because that's so. That's what I was wondering about. So, in this script that you sent us called "Your Ride, Ride is, is Here," here. Uh, it's about this uh, this Uber driver who's starting out for a night, and he picks up a few different people. It's it's three different scenes of him with a couple uh, sort of douchey guys that are doing cocaine in the back seat, and they sort of end up bailing halfway through the ride because the one guy gets a bloody nose. And then when he's giving the next ride to a drunk guy that's stopping off to get some Taco Bell, while the driver's waiting in the parking lot of that Taco Bell. There's a woman who's perhaps one could say fallen on hard times who comes up and needs him to help her in some way that he's not able to really help her with, which then ultimately leads to him picking up this uh, girl who's gotten into a fight with her boyfriend. Uh, It's an ugly scene that we see sort of the tail end of in their apartment, and she gets in and gets a ride back home from him, and it ends with sort of a bit of a callback to the douchey guys that were in the car in the beginning as far as their little bag of drugs that they had with them. It just, every single one of those little scenes and vignettes clay really did feel like this was like you driven and you were sort of basing each story around something that was kind of close to what actually happened to you well i i really appreciate that um so the only one that's happened to me directly is the the homeless lady who's uh nobody in the actual thing has any names like no names are exchanged but her character's name is duchess it's all um based off a scott walker song (laughs) okay (laughs) actually that kind of inspired the whole thing so um uh, but yeah, so that's the only experience that I ever had for real. Like I actually had a, I was literally walking my dog outside of my house one night and I live downtown and, um, a guy comes up and he's just like, Hey man, you know, blah, 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 gives me this whole spiel. And he's just like, I need to get a tire and then I'm going to give you a hundred dollars if you help me get that tire. Oh, and it's wow. just like, what? So it was like, it, it, so that was the only one that was kind of like, when I was explaining to the actors, I was just like, this is like for real, this has happened. Like, so here's how it went down. And it's it's fairly true to reality, uh, minus some elements. But yeah, it's um, everything else though is kind of just stuff that I tried to uh, imagine it happen. And then, kind of going back to your first question was I, I used to, or the the prior question before this one was um, kind of what led me to this script. Uh, I used to write these big like convoluted things in college, and it was kind of like I didn't really write it with this intention of it ever being made. So they were kind of just as like as fantastic as I wanted them to be. And then as I kind of got a little bit older and realized kind of the more practical approach of actually wanting to make something for, for nothing, you know, with guys who were just going to give me their time and, you know, actors who were just going to give me their time and their effort yeah. was trying to create a more kind of like thinned out leaner idea. And so it was kind of like, well, all right, well, if we, you know, go for this idea of kind of just these essentially exchanges in a car, then hopefully we can do that. But, um, you know, it's kind of just, that was the goal was to try and make something that felt like, you know, people could be, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I've, I've kind of been in a situation like that or, you know, or it's like, ah, you know, not anything necessarily super specific, but just relatable yeah. in a sense. Well, you know, I, I was impressed upon because I see a lot of stuff that's like, especially within the last couple of years, there's a lot of short films. There's a lot of screenplays. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, this kind of like momentary connection between people in cars. Yeah. Now that Uber and Lyft are things, I'm seeing stories that are all about like the, well, 
this seemingly had no consequences, but did you realize that you actually left your cocaine bag in the car and now this poor guy's going to get, or, you know, you didn't know that you were the Uber drive driver and that was going to drive a pregnant woman to the hospital, He's right. gonna give, which is not in the story, but, you know, these kinds of things. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just wanted to ask what you think about this idea of people affecting each other in like the time of modern technology and social media. What's your take on that kind of stuff? Well, I, you know, it's funny that it, it kind of played into figuring out how the, the, the cocaine ended up being kind of the, uh, the, the gun that goes off in the third act, you know, um, cause basically the way it started out was I was like, well, I've got this idea for an exchange with a homeless lady and a driver. And I was like, you know, but what can I, like, how can I make this into a thing? And then it kind of, uh, Watching the show High Maintenance, it's an HBO series yeah. now, but it used to be a web series. Um, I don't know if you guys ever checked it out, but it's these, it's these little vignettes basically, and it, they do a really like I think just absolutely incredible job of telling like these whole like fleshed out stories with like no exposition, and you know little, you know they managed to just pack so much development into such a small period of time, and I was kind of like, well what if you kind of took that idea and you put it into an Uber driver who's picking up all these different people through the night, you know, and it's like none of the riders are thinking about each other, but he experiences all of them. Yeah. It's kind of the idea and that, you know, and, and then the whole thing came along is just like, well, what if these guys are just these, you know, it just kind of shrugs it off. as like, well, I just kind of had two douchey riders, but you know, you're going, it's just an occupational hazard. And, and then these two guys just simply being bozos ends up putting this guy in this really, you know, sticky situation. Yeah. Did, have you ever had anything in your life happen where like you thought you weren't really affecting someone and then there was like big consequences <laughs> after that? Yeah. Have you ever had any, like something like that that stands out? Uh, yeah, actually it's a, it, it's a, it's a really, really, really long story. Um, but basically, uh, I was kind of a, a bozo for another use of that word in, in college and ended up getting into a pretty serious car accident. Oh um, man, I'm towards sorry. the end of, Oh, it's, it's okay. And it was, you know, it's a, it is a very, it's a very big learning experience, but there's just a, a ton of fallout from that. Like personally, legally, you know, just, it was a big growing experience for me and, you know, kind of, I, in a weird way, kind of set me down this path that I'm on now. It was like, I was leaning towards it, but I was kind of just, you know, just like, Oh, I'm like, you know, a young guy, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then you, you have this thing and you're like, just like, Oh, holy crap. Like, you know, you've done this thing now that's affected so many people. <laughs> and it was kind of like that, that little crux didn't necessarily inspire this, but it's, it's shaped so much of how I look at stuff now right. that, you know, you can just think you can be like, well, you know, I'm just leaving this party. What could be the harm in that? You know, and then all of a sudden you've created this event that is, you know, and, and you, you realize all of a sudden it's like, oh, this one decision you made has now affected all of these other people and essentially made a decision for them in some form or fashion that they had no say over Right. this, that, and the other. And so, like I said, that it didn't necessarily inspire this, but it, it certainly has shaped the way I, I look at kind of that whole scenario. Yeah, I would say certainly and the way you live. Just like your live. actions affecting others. Yeah. 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 It, it really seems like that's maybe become just a piece of who you are. So it makes total sense that that idea would show up in your writing. And also what a shock to the system in terms of like realizing that, you know, it's, it's like, it's as you, you mentioned world and, and you were saying before about how, well, I'm just this guy. I'm just sort of bouncing around. And then all of a sudden you realize that, Oh, you know, the, 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 this like harsh 
reminder that you know everything can be thrown thrown askew if you're not because of one decision like you're talking about. Yeah, that's a that's a heck of a wake up call, man. It, it certainly is. It's a nice um, like jumping in a cold pool, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do we want to jump Let's into the script? Let's read it. For our listeners today, if you are following along, we're going to be reading a selection from Clay's script, Your Ride is Here. And we get this really, really, oh, man, this moment between a couple. Jack's going to be reading for the character boy, and I'm going to be reading for the character girl. I tried really hard on those names. (laughs) Actually, you know, before we get into it, I did want to ask you, was there a specific reason why you went with boy and girl just even specifically instead of man and woman? Is it to sell the idea that maybe they're younger? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, maybe, I think that was kind of like a, possibly a subconscious thing. Um, I know that the actors were younger than me, so maybe that was it. Okay. <laughs> um, but so, um, a quick backstory, just like on the reason that nobody has like, there's like no names really said outside of people being spoken about. It's just like, I find that a lot of times and it's like such a weird, like neurotic, like pet peeve of just mine that in movies when someone says a name that you would absolutely never say in that scenario yeah. mm-hmm. you know so it's like and i understand like you guys have your podcast so like you say your names to each other to identify who's speaking it's like but if you're in normal conversation we're just hanging out having a beer you never be like allison i'll tell you this blah 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 it depends on how blah, drunk blah, blah. we and are like, really <laughs> well, i guess that's true too <laughs> but it, what are you talking clay, about like that just... let me tell you clay <laughs> what are you clay, talking clay, about clay 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 snow how, how dare you <laughs> You're totally right, though, that sometimes that does show up, and that's okay, you know. Well, and it's just such a tricky thing when you're – we've said this before on the show, the idea of writing exposition in a way that doesn't feel like it's exposition. Right. You know, hello, Aunt Nancy, how have you been since the divorce? Like, that's so tough to still – if that's important information that you have to get to the audience, but the only way you can do it is maybe through somebody saying it out. And you can, you know, be a little creative or whatever, but it's – that's such a tricky thing. It's Mm -hmm. such a tricky thing. Yeah. And I totally understand that, that sometimes you just have to, like – like, okay, Aunt Nancy's in the scene. Like, someone has to call her Aunt Nancy. Like, it just has to happen, you know, for whatever purpose is there. But for this, it was like, I kind of wrote it, and I was just like, well, it was like, nobody has to say each other's names. And I right. was like, the driver certainly doesn't have to, you know. And so it, it was just kind of an idea. It was just something I wanted to try and avoid because, uh, and like I said, it's my own weird neurotic pet peeve that it's like, people saying names but it's like it, when it pops up it just like it like just drives me insane i'm just like you wouldn't talk like that <laughs> you have to have like the drunk uncle come stumbling into the room hey nancy hey nancy, nancy. how's want, the divorce i want you back <laughs> Exactly. Uh, that would be, yeah, but we're in an intimate moment here in the scene that we're going to read today. Yes. Um, and listeners, for your FYI, Clay is actually going to read the action headings here. So um, this is one of those moments that happens before the driver shows up. The driver is our main character, of course, and he, you know, this is just a little bit of behind the curtains vignette here. So, Clay, whenever you're ready, take it away. All right. Interior night, couple's bedroom. The girl's hands shake as she turns over her phone, seeing her driver is en route. She looks up with a thousand-yard stare. She looks back down at her red, trembling hands and squeezes them together. Her eyes are puffy and red from crying, still wet from recently wiped tears. The neck on her shirt is torn. Interior night. Couple's bathroom. The boy stands over the running sink. He's just splashed his face with water. The house is silent. They've been in fights before, but none have been like this. The boy slowly walks back to the bedroom and stops in the doorway. The girl is looking down at the broken lamp in the floor. She stares a hole through it as well. She sniffs a couple times and rubs her eyes before she looks up. I think I'm going to go. Don't. Please. 
I, I want to talk about it. The boy reaches down and picks up the pieces of the lamp and sets them softly on the bed. The girl comes back and tries to exit. He steps into her way, not aggressively, but desperately. If she leaves, then she's never coming back. She looks him in the eyes. I don't think we should talk about it now. What I think is that I should leave. Her voice is soft but firm. His is soft but desperate. She stands up and grabs her bag from the dresser. Please, please, I'm sorry. It shouldn't have gotten like that. Well, it did. She attempts to get by him again. The silence is deafening. Please move. Please. Please move. They pause as she waits for him to move. Her phone buzzes, breaking the silence, and they finally lock eyes. My right is here. I need to go. He steps aside, and she exits into the living room, picks up her coat. She buttons it up and tries to hide the neck of her shirt. She doesn't look back. End scene. End scene. Yeah. You know, Clay, I think there is an interesting thing talking about this idea of the fact that you're not really using any specific names other than uh, the, the Duchess woman uh, from the second vignette. But I, I think that sort of it, it, it kind of lends the story to it's not necessarily about individual people. It, it, it makes things a little more archetypal, I suppose. You're, you're, you're sort of telling a grander story about this is you know, the, the idea that maybe this driver has seen this all before between a couple that's been in a fight or a couple douchey party boys that are looking to go hang out with people. Like it, it, it sort of gives it a sense of uh, that you're, you're, you're talking about things on a more grand scale, maybe I would say. Mm-hmm. Universally, yes, in a you. way. Yeah, you know, and, and that, that's kind of the thing is it's not and I've had like friends ask me like, oh, well, what's it about? And I'm like, well, it's kind of just like a, about stuff, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. cause it's, mm-hmm. it, 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 yeah. which like it feel, I feel almost bad saying because it's like I feel like that's such a lame answer sometimes. And it's like, you know, it's just like if you don't get it, you don't get it. You know, like that's that's not where I'm coming from by any stretch of the imagination. But it, it was and it, it kind of grew itself into this whole thing because originally it was going to be, oh, it'll be about this driver and his like little misadventures. And then I was like, well, what if it's like about nobody and uh, like even the driver who you know was pretty much the main character but it's still not really about him it's just about all these different events basically and you know once again like the name thing it's like in that scene right there is like i don't know how i could possibly ever work one of their names in without it seeming kind of like contrived right Um, you don't want to start every scene with the beginning of the yeah Yeah. well yeah no way you you know i think too this idea of universality it seems like this could be one of those screenplays that goes on forever and ever and ever. And, of course, you don't want it to be. But I wondered why these three vignettes made it here. You know, were there other small stories? that? Because, you know, I have read an article where a woman gave birth in the back of an mm-hmm. Uber on her way to the hospital. Perfect. And that's something that could have wound up as like a final scene in something like this. And so I just wonder how you specifically chose these three moments to comprise this story of this Uber driver who may or may not be your friend. <laughs> um, you know, it, I, I'm trying to think, I don't think there were ever really any other stories that I had kind of working. It was like, they kind of all fell into place. Yeah. Um, like Duchess was the first one and, and literally this, the Scott Walker song is called Duchess. And I've just had this envision. I was like, well, what if it's just like this kooky old homeless lady riding a bike across the parking lot to this song? And I was like, that would be super cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of just all grew from there. And then, then the guys were kind of like, well, you know, uh, what, what can I have, you know, these two dudes do? And then I kind of settled on that. And then I had the, the couple and I guess because it was my first one, and I had managed to, to find people interested in the idea that were willing to make it that I, I think I was just so focused on actually getting it written that it was kind of like once I knew what I was going to go with, I didn't really let my mind wander too much 
because it was kind of like just just get it done and i didn't want to like end up falling down the rabbit hole and this that and the other and so that's kind of how it all ended up was just those type things and then uh, i i really like the idea of exploring like the aftermath of something or like i think that those I think those moments are very interesting, like coming back to Reservoir Dogs. Like I, I love that movie, and it's all about a bank robbery that you never see. Yeah. So it's just like, well, what if we see this girl who's been in like this, you know, fight or or something that's happened, and is it's all very ambiguous, and you kind of just have to decide what happened for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what? Like a lot of the times you see that fight happen, but then you don't see like the ride home after. And it's kind of like that's. <laughs> I've kind of always been interested in that, you know, just um, like what? So you're in this thing and it's, this happened and all of a sudden it's like when you're in the moment and you're having this fight, there's like these two sides and it's very drawn. And then for me personally, it's like after something happens and when you're alone, that's kind of when it all like all the dust settles and you start seeing a thing from a million different directions as opposed to just, you know, two be it right or wrong, good or bad, whatever is appropriate to that particular scenario. Yeah, and you know, when I was thinking, one of the things I was thinking of, Clay, from a storytelling perspective, like from these characters that have gotten this ride, right? You got these two younger dudes that are going out to party, and they're they're doing little bumps off the keys in the back seat, hoping the driver doesn't notice, and then they accidentally leave this bag behind, which you don't find out until much later when the girl from the argument is getting the ride home, and so then the way the story ends, after he drops her off, he she says, hey, you better do something about this, and he gets the little bag, and he's trying to figure out what it is and he sort of opens it up and ends up like spilling it and there's cocaine all over the front of him right when police behind him fire up their lights so it's it's a bad ending for him but from a storytelling perspective from these characters the only one of the things that i couldn't help but think of was the drunk guy that was in the taco bell when the driver was having this interaction with duchess Boy, did he sure miss a whole bag of drugs in the backseat with him. <laughs> yeah. Like, all he walks away with is a story about how this woman was yelling at his driver and then yelled at him, and he sort of processed it or whatever, but then he got this ride home. <laughs> like, he, like, he missed out on this whole other part of the story that he could have had been able to tell his friends. Yep. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I love that guy. You're, you're the first people that have really <laughs> – well, it's funny. So everyone who's watched the finished product, like, he hands down gets the biggest laugh every time. And it's, you know, because it's so funny. I, I write this big, long, like, rant about Drake in the first little uh, vignette. Yeah. And it, and so it's like, you know, it was like I wrote it and then I, you know, I write all this thing with Duchess and I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be so funny and it's hilarious. So people kind of watch it. They're like, oh, yeah, that's like, yeah, all right. And then, like, he comes out and he literally just says, like, uh, oh, no, like when he sees her and, like, people, like, double over laughing at it. So it's it's very interesting for me to see, like, you go in with this intention of getting a laugh and it's like, it's the one thing that you kind of just were like, well, he's got to say something, I guess. And then it ends up being the thing that people absolutely have died at, um, which the guy who plays him, he's, he's another good friend of mine, him and the driver are actually in a band together. And so they both have some acting experience from college. And I just kind of told him, I was like, Hey man, like I just like this dude just has to come out and like dread this situation and he's he's a very expressive dude, and I was just like I, I was like I can't really explain it, but I think he would be great at it. And I was like I think it would be hilarious. 
And he's like, well, I'm going to bleach my hair blonde. Does that, like, rule me out? And I was like, so, nope, that'll be perfect. That's so good. Because <laughs> it's great, it. too, because the line, the, the line he specifically says when he's walking out to the car and she's been screaming and yelling at this Uber driver, and as he's about to get into the ride and she sees him and she's trying to rope him into her situation, he, he, his actual words were, uh, no thank you, because he's, he's half in the bag anyway. And that's such a – saying no thank you is such a specifically, like, wrong way to react but still convey the message that you're trying to convey. <laughs> is very very good (laughs) thank you i appreciate that that was that was certainly the goal because like the first time he read it he was like so this is all i'm saying and i was just like yeah and i was like but you're like really trashed and like you've had the guy stop at taco bell which we were discussing is like i love that like a peak drunk guy move too it's just like i just hey man like you know you're paying like 15 dollars to go to taco bell and then spend however much you're spending while drunk um but yeah i was like you just say no thank you yeah and he was just like well okay yeah i can i can see it it's just like cause, you know like you come out and you're totally bombarded and you're trying to just get in the car and mind your own business and you're totally just sucked into this situation by just pure happenstance yeah. basically so Clay, i want to <laughs> yeah, ask come back to the, the the bag of oh sorry what no go please go ahead back to the bag Oh, the bag. What I was going to say was you two were the first ones to point out that there's somebody in the car in between it getting dropped and it getting found and not noticing it. And I was hoping everybody would just let it slide. Oh, man. <laughs> so yeah, was, I couldn't I help but my, notice that. <laughs> <laughs> so so the way I've justified it in my mind, because like I wrote it and it was like we were shooting it. And I was kind of like, you know what? It's like if anybody cares enough when they watch it or, or read it, they're going to say something about the fact that somebody is in here and doesn't see it. So. For the record, my official justification is he's so intoxicated, he didn't notice. Mm-hmm. That's so. what I figured, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just trying not to throw That's up at that point. Yeah. And that went away. <laughs> just eye on the prize of Taco Bell. So, Clay, I want to ask you about, because this is a produced piece, the idea of, I want to ask you what it's like shooting this thing in the car, in motion. How many, what was your shot, what was your shooting like where you've got maybe some cameras set up in windows and shooting this thing while you're having people drive around? What what was that like for being your sort of first time out? Oh, so I, I, and this is a lesson I've learned uh, through doing this is that like I couldn't have done it without my crew and uh, my DP, Adam Chapman. He's a local guy. He's he's just great. And then our gaffer, Shane um, Hunter, who I went to high school with, actually, and kind of reconnected with years later. And then we were like, hey, man, we should, like, make some stuff together. But they did an incredible job of finding this trailer. And basically, we kind of made a, like, poor man's process trailer, in a sense. You know, they rigged it up, and they put up lights and put a camera mount on the front of the car and uh, we were able to move it around. And so it basically just like suction to the side of the car, suction to the hood. And then we put up these light bars and they did an incredible job. And we were out till like four in the morning that night. So wow. it being my first time directing, I was like freaking out. I was like, everybody's going to hate me. Nobody's ever going to do this again with me. It was also in February. <laughs> so oh, geez. Oh, my God. Adam, the next thing I write will be in – will be in uh, – The hot, hot heat of summer. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> exactly. So we, um, we, we put the car up on the trailer and uh, you know set up our angles and everything and ran through it. And basically, we just kind of plotted this route downtown here in Knoxville. And we're just like, well, you know, if we drive down here, it's like the scenery changes enough. And like there's enough light and it's pretty dead at night, so we should be able to do it. And so we rented a U-Haul truck and it was me, um, my sound guy, Alex Harrelson, 
our first AC, Eddie Resendez, um, Adam, our DP, Shane was driving, and me in the back of a U-Haul truck, all covered in blankets and jackets and gloves with like little monitors and like headsets and walkie-talkies. And then the guys would be in the car, or or Joe and Emily, our actress. You know, we would take turns doing these laps and basically just running the scenes. And um, so we were all frozen. Like the next day, we I, I actually had like red marks on my cheeks where the wind was like mm. hitting us, and uh, so wow. I had to like buy everybody dinner and a beer and tell mm-hmm. them sorry. <laughs> Frostbite. That's wild, man. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Wow. That's. I mean, that is committed it, for sure. Yeah. For especially for your like your first real project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was crazy because it was so funny. I was showing it to my my friend Patrick, who I mentioned earlier, because he's he's one of like my inner circle who sees everything I do first. And I showed him. He's like, "Oh, how'd you guys get like the lights on the hood and the windshield?" I was just like, "Well, we were like driving it." He was like, "You're driving the car?" I was like, "Yeah, we we're like on a trailer and everything." He was like, "What?" He was like, "I thought that was like CG." And I was like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> Man, that's so smart. Too. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Wow. Yeah, I can't. Once again, Shane and Adam, I really can't can't thank them enough, and, and all of our grips, uh, Kaylin Dalton, who helped out. And like I said, we were out in the cold, in like you know, forty degree weather, just getting absolutely, absolutely frostbitten. But everybody, everybody stayed positive and got it got it done. And I, I really can't thank them enough. So, other than sending us the script, and then you have this thing produced, are you like, are you sending us into different film festivals? Are you taking it around? What do you what what do you want to do with this thing that you produce now? Yeah, I've I've been sending it out to some festivals. Um, so uh, Nashville and Knoxville are the big ones I'm aiming for, just because they're kind of close to home. Um, but you know, Knoxville, I'm, I'm hoping to get in. Nashville is kind of like my my moonshot one right now. Um, I think there's probably like some some rookie mistakes and things like that that I made that are that could probably keep me from getting in to to somewhere like that. Um, not to disparage any other festivals, but. Uh, I think being a hometown guy kind of gives me a shot with, with Knoxville. So that's kind of what I'm leaning on anyways. But, um, yeah, the, I'm kind of just sitting around the stuff that I feel like I might have a puncher's chance at, you know, mm-hmm. so can, you know, things like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> South by Southwest. Yeah. <laughs> Sundance, yeah, exactly. The usual. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Clay, if someone's looking to get in touch with you about your work or working on your next project together, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, probably my Instagram because I, I have a Facebook, but I'm very, very rarely ever on there. Mm. Um, but my Instagram is at C Snell, and that's S E E, like see with your eyes. Snell, S N E L L. And uh, I've got like a, I've got like a link to uh, some of my stuff on there, and kind of that's that's really my big social media outlet. Cool. Well, we'll make sure that anybody who's interested in getting in touch with you and goes to our website or goes and listens to the show is able to do that. And Clay, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. It was awesome to talk about this screenplay with you and just kind of hear your take on the whole thing in general. Yeah, really enjoyed it, man. Thanks very much. And congratulations on producing this thing. It's very oh. cool. Yeah. Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Clay. That's Clay. That's Clay. So that's really yes. ambitious, right? Yes. All that shooting yeah. in the car driving in around. winter. Yeah, like I, that's one of those things where and it, that's I've heard this before. It's like the people who are making their first film, they're su- it, they're very very passionate about that stuff because mm-hmm. you know why doesn't he just wait till spring? He didn't want to. Yeah, no, he needed to do it then. Let's make this thing. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, if, if you've written something that's ambitious and you want to make this and you want to get it out in the world, well, what better way to get it out in the world than by putting it on the internet and having Scripture. us talk to you about it? 
up. And you can do that by sending us your script by going on to scriptshopshow.com slash submit. That's right. Get it in here. Uh, we want to read it. We want to talk about it. And we want to talk to you about it. So, listeners, uh, until next week, that's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West. Hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley. Produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. It's for the-